Welcome to No Compromise Radio Ministry. Somewhat similar today to the Pactum shows that we played here on NOCO. Sometimes if I'm on another podcast, I like to play it here on No Compromise Radio for crossover stuff, for hybrid stuff. So you get to know other podcasts that are good that I listen to every time that they introduce a new episode. And it gives me a day off. (laughs) That's true. We have to have some days off once in a while, right? Yes, that's true. Today, part two of Mike Avendroth and Luke Avendroth, my son, on Two-Age Sojourner with Michael Beck, Andre, and Nick. We talked about parenting, the gospel, and many other topics. So that's today on No Compromise Radio, and I hope you enjoy it. So, so far we've learned, if you want your, uh, if you want your kid to go into ministry, tell them not to, or, or just don't get in the way. Ah, reverse so, psychology. Just yeah. don't get, just don't make it weird. Just don't make it weird. Don't make it weird. So it's kind of weird with, uh, with Jesse right now. Jesse is just turning uh, 12 and, um, and he's like, oh dad, please. No, no, I don't, I definitely don't want to go into ministry because all that standing, I just see you standing all the time. He's like, it's like the thought <laughs> of standing right throughout a church service. <laughs> So, so I'm like, you know what? There's that. You know, we do have to stand a lot, and so, <laughs> so I'm just, like, I'm just like, that's stand cool. Behind the pulpit, <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, so, even before I got the pressure from my dad, I, uh, I there were other things that weren't from the heart. Like when he, he told me I went to a King James Version only elementary school. Whoa! And uh, they were talking in class about Charles Finney, and I don't know. I had told my dad about this, and. You know, I'm like probably in second grade. I raise my hand and they call on me and I say, Charles Finney wasn't a Christian. <laughs> <laughs> he was a neonomian. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think so they, I did. did you get- there were things that I did parrot. <laughs> yeah, my That's son great. was, was my son was th- doing uh, ACE, accelerated Christian education, which is a dispensational uh, homeschooling curriculum. And uh, I just preached through the book of Revelation, and I'm not dispensational. And so he's like, oh, Dad, look at this, look at this, look at this. And he's busy tearing it to shreds from the amillennial perspective. <laughs> Funny. <Okay. laughs> so these seeds are being planted one way there or another. Go. There you yeah, go. Totally. Um, good. All right. So so uh, that's kind of like past the sun stuff. Um and um, I think again, lots lots more we could say there. I don't know. Well, what else came from that conversation? There was there were a whole bunch of things that I remember thinking we got to talk about. Anything come to mind, Mike? I don't know, Michael, if we talked about family devotions or not. Yes, but we did. one of the things that I think is important for men to do who are just trying to raise up their children or pastors, and this is something that goes for all Bible teaching. It's, it's a sin to make the Bible boring, somebody once told me. And I think that sometimes, you know, dads are like, okay, I've got this duty. It's a good duty. Teach your children the Bible and get the children all there on the dinner table and have this family worship time. And of course, dads can do whatever they want uh, and they can format it the way they want. But we try to have fun. And I try to make it exciting. When the kids were little, I would take the Bible and everybody would get the Bible. I said, get your Bible. We're going to learn about who God is and learn about Jesus. And I would hold the Bible like this. And I'd say, oh, I love the Bible. When I kiss the Bible, oh, this is so exciting. And the kids follow along. Versus, you know, like, sit down. Here we go. Turn your Bible to First Chronicles. And, yes. and so we would do fun things because I think, you know what? 
Christians should have the most joy. Christians should be the most fun. Doesn't mean there aren't serious topics. And I mean, I just got back from the funeral today and walked up and saw this dead body of a grandpa and the, the grandchildren are just crying and crying. And I pulled him to the side and said, aren't we glad for the Lord Jesus who can go to a body like that with Lazarus and, and say, arise. And he can put that, you know, Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. And, you know, there are serious things, yeah. obviously, but we try to make it fun. And so when we got to Lot's wife, uh, I put salt in everybody's hands and they had to lick salt uh, for when she turned into a pillar of salt. When Aaron's beard with the oil, I, I had beard Ooh. on my, I mean, oil on my face. Uh, we marched around the table seven times for Jericho. <laughs> awesome. uh, David was feigning insanity and the spit was drooling down his face by the door. And so I got the spit in my mouth and, and did the slushy thing to make it really foamy. <laughs> Had it come out of my mouth. And we just tried to have fun. And Luke knows about this story where maybe it wasn't so fun. One night I sat down and I said, hey, kids, what do you want to learn about tonight? And and Luke said, Moses. And Haley, his older sister, said, Jesus. And Moses, Jesus. And then Luke said, I hate Jesus. I want Moses. Whoa. So see, even then he, he didn't understand <laughs> you know law and gospel. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Law so, and gospel moment right there. Federal vision. <laughs> I took Luke. It was wintertime in New England. We had a fire in the fireplace. Prepositions are important now, and so are statute of limitations. I took Luke over to the fireplace and grabbed him by his ankle. I used to lift weights back in those days. And I held him upside down by the fire. I didn't say over the fire. I said by the fire. And I said, Luke, uh, hell is like a burning fire, and it's where people go who hate Jesus. And Luke said upside down, Daddy, I love Jesus. Daddy, I love Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Is that how you convert your in that moment, and in that moment I treasured I treasured Jesus enough to be saved. <laughs> I'll tell you what. So wow. I'm having that's great. So when we were talking earlier about not making it weird, like this puts a little bit of a caveat into that, I think. You yeah. know? I mean like you you can use the I mean if the fire's there it's it's a ready illustration, and if you can do it, if you could like lift yeah. your kid up, you should use it. You should you should put your kid next to the fire. Next <laughs> to the fire. You can feel the heat. Feel Just the don't heat. pass them through the fire. That's ball. <laughs> That's exactly. Well, the other thing besides having fun is I think parents, uh, especially the dad who's leading it, just change things up a little bit. It doesn't have to be some type of formatted puritanical thing where you just say, I'm going to sing a song. They're going to do. I mean, if dads right. do it, I'm glad they do anything. But yeah. we just mixed it up a little bit. Sometimes we'd sing songs scripture reading as the children got older let's talk about what it means to be a homosexual and and what they're teaching you at school or whatever but we had to we we made made it fun and so sometimes i get m&ms out and i would have questions for each child after i read that chapter and then they would have to raise their hand and and when i would ask a question and, and if they got the answer right they would get an m&m so the older kids got harder questions younger kids got other questions and so we just tried to have fun and you know the great part about it guys is if you sit down and go through the bible with your children not perfectly not every night but just consistently you'll teach them every topic that's important in the universe yes and one of those topics is sex 
And so when you're reading through the Bible, I would just read through the passage and, you know, own and spill the seed on the ground. And I wouldn't look up. I just keep reading. <laughs> and then when and Luke can describe this if he wants. Then one time I was talking about Israel was like a whore. And so I see Luke, you know, holding his hand up for so long, asking the question. Finally, ask, I, I answer it uh, or, or ask him, Luke, what, what's your question, son? Dad, daddy, what's a whore? <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. And then you uh, get to answer you gave it in to your him. own. You told him. In your, yeah, in your own dining room as a dad, you can say whatever you want that's appropriate for the children. And I thought you were going to say, the way, there's, the, there's the fire. So meet me at the fire. <laughs> <laughs> I should have told you guys that story. Yeah, I, I, always, I always remember, do you know Corrie Ten Boom, The Hiding Place? Yes. So uh, she was a very young girl and she's on the train with her dad because he had to go into Amsterdam to get his, because he was the watchkeeper and he got his time for the watch and he'd wind it up and go back to his town and set the clock. And so he was, he was going to town one day carrying a heavy bag full of clock parts. And uh, on the way, Corey Ten Boom had heard a conversation about someone who was committing adultery. She was a very young girl. And she said, Dad, what does adultery mean? And the dad thought she wasn't ready yet. So what he said is he said, Corey, I want you to pick up this bag. And she tried to pick it up. It was too heavy and she couldn't pick it up. And he said, that bag is too heavy for you right now. I'll carry it for you until you're ready. One day I'll tell you what that means. Because in his, according to his discretion, yeah. he, he felt she just wasn't ready. But, you know, one day he yeah. would. And I, I appreciated <laughs> that. You see, I remember trying to we, trying to do that once. <laughs> it was there was a suitcase. Like, why are you talking about a bag? Exactly, and it just went so, so bad. It was just like I didn't make the yeah. point at all. It was like I'll. I'll <laughs> <laughs> we were just like, why like, I'll I'll I'm just getting angry, like Dad. Yes. What are you even talking about? Exactly, and the kids are like, Mom, Dad's going crazy. It's something about the bag. Yeah. <laughs> we can't figure it out. <laughs> but, yeah. It's funny though. Tonight, I was oh, in in our Bible reading. We're busy reading through Samuel, and tonight we're reading through. Um, um, basically, God telling Saul to wipe out the Amalekites. That was the mm. uh, and, and the description of like killing all the babies and killing all that, you know. And so that we had lots of fun. I mean, we didn't, I didn't have to do anything creative or get the fire going or anything. We just had <laughs> there were there were there were lots of lots of questions coming coming straight out of that one. So I, I so what was your take on that? Like in, in uh, Mike, in terms of the uh, the gory passages of of scripture or the the kind of R rated sections, did you just go through that and just as it was, or did you filter it at all? Yeah, I just read through it uh, with my living Bible and my message Bible, and I just, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I just read it because I thought years ago, reading a commentary on Song of Solomon, and it said that this book is not appropriate for public preaching in a Christian church. And I thought, that cannot be. Here's God's word, and it cannot be true. And so I thought the children need to hear everything. And I would just, when they asked me a question, I would tell them the answer. If not, I would just kind of keep reading it. And then I could figure out how to talk to the kids. And so nothing was filtered. Everything was there for public consumption. Sometimes I would talk about things later if it was brought up. So Luke's, Luke and I are lifting weights in the garage one day. And Luke <laughs> said to me, uh, Dad, I don't think I have the gift of singleness. And so then he and I could just talk. And I said, thanks for telling me. I really appreciate it. And I said, Luke, I, I have lots of goals for you in life. This is not my primary goal, but this is one of my goals. I said, one of my goals for you in life is that I want you to have a lot of sex. 
And he looked at me like I was the greatest dad ever. Yeah. And I <laughs> when said, can I, when can I start doing that? <laughs> and now he's married. You're going to have a child in the way. And so, and I said, you know, in marriage, here's what God has done. So I tried to, and answer your question, Nick, I tried to make it so we'd have Bible time for the whole family, but then they could ask questions any other time they wanted about any subject at all. Yeah. Luke, do you remember having Bible time on a regular basis, or what's your recollection about that? Yeah, exactly what you said. And you did, you did. I mean, it, there was definitely modification. So when I asked the question, "What is a whore?" it wasn't a detailed explanation. It just, I just remember it was something that you know, something about it's a woman who will go and sleep in the same bed as a man who's not her husband, and maybe with her clothes off. So it's like that Good. communicated the effect of this is horrible <laughs> to us as kids, but I had no idea what that meant. Right. I just knew you're not supposed to definitely. do that, you know? Or yeah, so yeah. so I, I, there definitely wasn't like you were just, it was filtered in that sense. Yeah. I remember uh, having to do the children's talk uh, when I was a pastor in training, I had to do the children's talks in front of the whole congregation. All the kids would come to the front, do the kids talks. And I decided to go through the 10 commandments. And so we're teaching the kids to memorize the Ten Commandments, showing them the, the you know, the Christ-centered aspect of the law. And then I, I remember going to the pastor because the next week was going to be the Seventh Commandment, do not commit adultery. And I've got a little like from three to like 10-year-old kids sitting in front of me, and I don't know where the, the parents are at in terms of what they allow their yeah. kids to know. I've got everyone's children in front of me. What do I say? And I, I thought he was very wise. And he just said, look, don't go into the dirty details. Just say, you know, God commands that a mommy and daddy love one another and, you know, they need to, they need to stay in their covenant relationship and, you know, so just approach it positively and, and wisely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, you know, maybe we should talk about that book, Sexual Fidelity, right? That that's sort of these kinds of conversations, uh, as I understand, I haven't read the book yet, but that's kind of what gave rise to the book. Is that right, Mike? That's correct. Luke and I would have these fun conversations about the topic and I thought, well, there's a lot of parents now that don't seem to parent or a lot of parents uh, that don't have Christian fathers or grandfathers for their children. And so how do you talk about the subject? And of course, the world is promoting the subject with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. Right. And so I'd rather have my children learn from me than the world, right? Yeah. And that's why even now I tell parents, in the old days, maybe you could tell your children about the birds and the bees when they were 12 or 11, now you better start at eight because they're going to see things on the phone. Yeah. Luke told me one time, dad, when anybody ever says on the playground, look at this, it's going to be porn. Yeah. And yeah. so I want to be the first imprint on their life when it comes to learning about sex. Yeah. So we'd have conversations, you know, what's a homosexual, um, what's sex like, uh, when can you have sex? I mean, just all these conversations. And sometimes it was kind of embarrassing, mm. um, probably for Luke to ask and for me to, <laughs> to give the answer. <laughs> but great, between a father and a yeah. yeah. And so we just would talk. And and I think Luke knew, in spite of my failings, I wanted the best for him. And, and I was uh, an advocate. And there's nothing he could do to somehow have have me not like him or something like that. So just talking about that on a regular basis. So then I thought, well, why don't I just write a quick book, thousand words a chapter, 30 days, and then people can just kind of work through it with their mm -hmm. children so they don't have to come up with some of the topics. So is that the idea so, to, to actually do that with your kids? Is that, is that the purpose of the book? 
Yeah. So sit down um, yeah, and it doesn't have now. to be 30 days, you know, legalistically, but 30 yeah. times in the next couple months, sit down, read it together, and then it'll open up conversation because I don't say things inappropriately in there, but I, I'm not, I'm just talking about what the Bible says. One man said the Bible is not pornographic, but sometimes it's kind of graphic Yeah. in terms <laughs> of the detail. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, we'd sit down and and just talk. I mean, just some things maybe even dumb, but just talking about that subject so it wasn't taboo. And I would say things to Luke like, you know, let's look at the Bible. And sometimes it says, you know, that Abraham went into Sarah. Well, it's I-N space two. He went into the tent to then go I-N-T-O into her. But how do we read the scriptures and what do we think about? And yeah, what's it like? And just things like that. So 30 days father and a son to work through the topic from a biblical perspective, what uh, is sex and what are the sexual sins and what are the sexual benefits? Man, that's so, that's such a helpful resource. Uh, you know, just that alone, I think just to open those lines of communication, if anyone, I mean, you know, people can just go ahead and get the book and read it through themselves, see if they're happy with the, you know, the content and sort of then, then jump into it with their kids and, and, um, you know, just, just assess accordingly. And, and, uh, that, that's super helpful. I should also just mention, I've been waiting for an excuse to talk about this. Uh, and this seems to be the best chance I'm going to have, uh, you know, everyone knows Gerhardus Fuss, right? The, the biblical theologian, um, his wife, I think it was Catherine F. Voss wrote a book called the child's story Bible. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's quite, it's quite a big, you know, so basically what she does is we've been using this thing for, I don't know, my idea was to kind of read it through with the kids, but it turned into this 10 year project. And, uh, you know, we are just kind of using it. And to be honest, I sometimes use it instead of the Bible, um, just because it allows me to cover some ground to do so. I mean, she's not like, she doesn't, she doesn't go all Gerhardus Voss on you every single time. So it's not like super <laughs> difficult, but, but at the same time, you know, obviously there's some sensitivity there to biblical theology and, and just piecing the picture uh, together. And so I've just found it to be really helpful actually, in just navigating some of these more difficult bits and maybe covering some ground. Don't want to get the kids lost in the details. So I'll go back to that and then kind of come back to the Bible afterwards. And um, it's just been more helpful than I imagined it would be initially even. So uh, that's worth just putting uh, out there if this is going to be helpful to anyone wanting to make some changes and get some things going. And, uh, mm. and really that's what it's about. I mean, now let's think a little bit just before we uh, end up throwing law, law, law and no gospel, uh, which would be just a crying shame, right, Mike, that would be, uh, that would be the inversion of everything you're standing for right now. Um, so let's, let's, let's just talk about pastors like myself. I've been in it for 20 years. Um, I, I'm hearing you guys talk. I'm going, ah, oh, dang it that uh, should have done that differently. Oh no, did that wrong as well. Oh, also wrong. And it keeps on going. And uh, now I realize it was really a bad thing for me to get my kids around the table and open to page 317 of Kelvin's Institutes. Uh, thereby <laughs> forth with, henceforth followed by a little mini lecture of sorts. No, I'm just kidding. But, you know, obviously we've all made some serious mistakes in that regard. Um, what, you know, is it too late? For anyone listening to this, what do, what do we do? Like, wh what do you do with a pastor who's, I mean, maybe the kids are out, out the house already. I mean, what do you do right now? If you're, if you're listening to this going, dang, I messed this whole thing up. What's the next step? Well, Michael, it's like anything else in the Christian life. All of a sudden we learn something after we've been doing something wrong for so long. And we repent of our repentance and God loves repentance and we think rightly. And then we ask the Spirit of God to help us do the right things. 
And even that desire to say, Lord, I, I, I like, I'd like to do things better, I think honors the Lord, and then off we go. And so if you are the, like me, by default, a drill sergeant, uh, some kind of, you know, drill instructor in the military when it comes to children and sit down and do this and do that, and we think, oh, everything we tell them is law, right? For Bible study, it turns into law. Sit down, no wiggling, don't poke your sister, you know, raise your hand when I ask you a question. I mean, there's nothing wrong with law, obviously. Mm. It just needs to be, it needs to be in that environment of fun and having the children know, I want your best. Mm. And that's a reflection of who God is, right? He wants our best. And so he gives us his law as Christians and we honor him by doing it. And we uh, know it's good for us. And so I think if the kids know we're in it for their good, we want them to excel and want them to succeed and and have the joy of the Lord. So it's never too late, right? That's one of the best things. Yeah. When you learn something and you convince that it's true, pride says, no, I'm not going to do it. And humility says, well, you know what? Maybe I should do that. Maybe I'm listening today and I don't even have Bible time with the children. Well, you grab your Bible, you grab the children after dinner and say, children, I'm sorry, I haven't been teaching the Bible like I should, or daddy's been too crabby, or daddy's just been all a bunch of rules, and we're not going to do that tonight. And so yeah. off we go. And, and even even when it comes to spanking children and disciplining or correcting them, as we say now, uh, in the old days, I would walk through what is justice, and they broke God's rules, and therefore they broke mine, and they're going to have to receive justice. Then once in a while, I'd say, well, mercy is not getting what you deserve, although that's not quite technically correct, but in some regards. Mm -hmm. And so tonight, you can either have the spanking justice, or you can have mercy, no spanking. Dad, I want mercy, Dad. Dad, I want mercy. <laughs> yeah. And then only maybe once or twice ever, you sit down and, you know, start talking about justice. And, and they're like, Dad, Dad, I want mercy. No, no, no. Just let me finish, please. I, I want, Dad, mercy, mercy, mercy. Well, how about if I don't give you a spanking, you don't get justice, and you don't get mercy either. You get an ice cream cone instead, and that's called grace. Which one would you like? Oh, And yeah. so I think if you are going to be the Bible teacher of your family and the spiritual leader, and you're going to have rules. I mean, my children, I expected them to obey. If daddy said, come here, you were going to come here or you're going to be disciplined. We're, we're, we're not messing around. But that has to be in the cloak of love and fun and excitement. And you're for the kids and you're behind them. And, you know, I don't want to make any weird analogies to union with Christ or anything like that. But I, I know I, I am pleasing to the father in the son. Therefore, my less than perfect works are also accepted. Because, I mean, that's that's Calvin. And so, yeah. children, your works are accepted by me, and you're accepted by me, even though you don't perfectly measure up, because I accept you, and you're yeah. my son, yeah. and, and I love you. And my dad, I don't know if he ever said I love you. I don't know if he ever said I'm proud of you. To me, I have all these weird daddy wounds. That's why I ride a bicycle a lot, running from things. <laughs> but... I try to say to Luke every single time, and I could cry thinking about it now, because it's not just lip service. I am so proud of Luke. I'm proud of you, son, and I love you. And when you talk that way and you mean it, that's the motivation for, think about guilt, grace, gratitude. That's the motivation for Christian life. Law does not motivate. It doesn't animate. We were talking about Horton earlier today. He's really good on making sure we understand that it's gospel, it's grace incarnate that brings salvation to all men, appearing, right? T Titus chapter 2. And it helps us to deny ungodliness and to live righteously. And so 
I think when parents have all these rules, we're going to have Bible time because that's what we're supposed to do. It better be cloaked in fun and excitement yeah. and and just making sure those children know that they are the apple of your eyes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Amen. I, I read a book. It's by a man from uh, John Piper's church. Um, <laughs> it's I think it's called Words of Affirmation. And it's just one of the things that stuck with me. And I've, uh, it's, you know, for every constructive criticism you give, you should have three words of affirmation. So, you know, just in terms of, you know, because because everyone remembers a negative word longer than they remember a positive one. So you should always be more weighted towards the positive than the negative. Yeah. So for every negative thing you have to say, and it could be completely true and constructively and helpful, you should have three words of affirmation as a just as yeah. just to keep the tone yeah. you know, balanced. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just I just don't believe you should ever say no to your children. Amen. <laughs> I, I also wonder whether anyone has applied the gospel illustration. You know, when you, 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 you're busy uh, disciplining your children and, you, you know, you say, would you like mercy? Would you like grace? And then you put the stick in the kid's hand and say, no, you have to hit daddy. I know someone. I know oh, someone. Do you know that. someone? Yeah. <laughs> so weird. Yeah, I, I would uh, not do that because there's. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's Petropessianism and we need to avoid that heresy. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. I, I totally agree. <laughs> we, were, we were looking for a reason of some sort. I was just thinking, I, I was just avoiding the pain. I, I just think that's, that could right. go badly. But I mean, there's that, and then there's holding your kid over a fire. You know, that's, yeah, that's well, the exact, uh, you know. No, no, no. Bye. <laughs> Next Bye. year. Next year. I'm, I'm working on a 30, a se- similar to Sexual Fidelity, a book on parenting, because I figure I might as well write a book on parenting when the kids are they're all saved and they all you know are loved by the lord and love the lord and so i'm trying to do the same thing with uh, the parenting book that i did with sexual fidelity yeah. except i won't put anything about over a fire or by the fire i'll just leave that out <laughs> well, it's, it's, on, it's on record now so you know <laughs> hey luke this is an interesting question i know it's not my show but just to ask you a question are there things that you think you might do a little bit differently maybe a shade differently of uh, with your children when they grow up versus what you've learned here at Ooh, home? I'm not trying to question. put you on the spot, but. Good question. I'm not going to teach my kids dispensationalism. <laughs> oh, uh, <amen>. yes. <laughs> no, I don't I like it. There's nothing off like the top it. of my head that, <clears throat> that I can come up with. Which I think, you know, not that we didn't plan this before, but I think that's one of the biggest testimonies to my, my parents is that, Pretty much, I want to do everything that they did. So, yeah, out comes the salt and the M and M's and the fire by, <laughs> by by the table. And but I think you know, I I think that just with the whole law discussion, we always knew this is this is their use of the law obedience. This is we're obeying. We are accepted. Our parents love us. I mean, people always. I see this in the church now because I'm in youth ministry. People always want their family to be different than the world in all of these things that they avoid and don't do. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that we had was we were different from the world in those things. Yes. But also our family had more fun than anybody on the block. Mm. All my friends, the skate kids in the neighborhood, they all wanted to come over and hang out with my parents and play pool. You know, my dad's right. the one always riling up the neighborhood kids. We were, we were the fun family. So we were different in not just, Oh, here's all the extra rules, but here's our family is different in that we love each other. We love to spend time together. We're going on family walks and family trips and we're going to surf and ski. And so I think that 
for me, that's, you know, that's, that's almost the gospel part of it is right. Right. It wasn't just this demand. It was all of these things were out of gratitude and yeah, I'm part of the family. Of course. You know, my dad would always say, think about all the things that, that I do for you. Yeah. And, and therefore respond in light of. So thankfully not everybody has this, but you know, I was talking to my wife about this the other day. When I think about my relationship with my dad, it, I, it doesn't, it helps me understand what it means to have a heavenly father. It doesn't hurt. Yes. Which is not, not everybody's experience. Right. And so, yeah, I don't, so I'm not just trying to, to, uh, get some kind of brownie points from you, dad, but I don't know if there's many things. I'm sure there's little things, but yeah, no, it's not no that's that you differently. Well, when it's there, you know, and that's kind of the reason I wanted to have you guys uh, both on just, just because when you do see it, you want to sort of lift it up and go, there we go. That's what it looks like. And that's a good thing. And, and, you know, as you just ended off saying there, that's not everyone's experience. In fact, I would go ahead and say, that's like not anyone's experience, yeah. you know, it, it sort of feels to me. And, um, and that's why it's so rare and so precious. But also, I think we should say, you know, it's kind of like the Christian life, the gospel working in the Christian life. Just think about your, your life. Someone asked me the other day, um, what are your major regrets in, in ministry and what would you do differently and so forth? You know, I don't feel like, wow, I must be getting on if people are asking me that question. But um, I think that, you know, what I, I went into this kind of existential crisis and I had to be rescued by, by, by this like standard Christian life doctrine in that, you know, I, as I think about it, every single part of my Christian life is a regret in some way, you know, cause like your best work is filled with sin, right? It's just like my best sermon deserves hell. You know, it's, it's, it's that kind of di- dynamic. And yet every single moment has been used by the Lord in ways that I would never be able to use it or, you know, myself, or even the worst parts have been, you know, there for a reason I've been able to see at some level, uh, even now. So, I think that's kind of we should we should at least end by saying, you know, it's it's not game over for for those who have had this like really bad experience uh, as they think about their fathers or fathers who have been guilty of of sort of giving this bad experience because God will use it and that's kind of the thing He does He takes the the bad thing and He you know He redeems it and turns it into something that we could never even dream about. The real key is to just is to just you know number one. confess the reality, you know, you know, just, just repent where it needs to be to see things as they are and not continue in the delusion. And then number two, to trust in him as you've trusted him in him for everything else. I think it's like no different for parenting. And and that's important to say, no matter where they are on the journey or in the life, you know, uh, of the the whole process of parenting. And I'd like to say, because, you know, there's some wonderful things that have been said tonight about parenting. I just look back and think about the times where I raised my voice or the times that I was there, but I was really thinking about some sermon or some book or the time where, you know, I need to go on that long bike ride instead of hanging out. I mean, I, I could just list 50 things, yes. you know, that I did in a month that were just really dumb and stupid and selfish and you know, you just think about well, but God, right? And, right? and and how He works, and and I think consistency is maybe important. And so you just think, okay, I'm just going to, by the grace of God, just try it today. And yes. you know, the good thing about memory, we a lot of us have bad memories, so Luke can't remember all the dumb things I did. <laughs> 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 and and that's just the way it goes. And so yeah. there's hope for parenting, uh, no matter what kind of parent you are. But but you know, don't buy this. Well, quality time versus quantity time and a lot of those other things. You just need to be with your children 
and have some fun together and just go do fun things with them. I mean, I, I thought to myself with Luke, you know what, Let's. I'm going to teach you how to smoke a pipe, right? And he's younger, and so we're going to, you know, the kids are all smoking on a pipe, you know, during Christmas hookah when they're eight years too. old or whatever. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah a hookah, yeah. Okay. We were in Berlin, and I said, Luke, come with me. I'm going to teach you how to drink a beer like a Christian man. Yeah. And so well, I explained all there. these things about drinking a beer, and there's open container in Germany. And so then I said, when we get home – you know, beer loosens you up a little bit. And so I don't want you to go home and like talk real loud and, and all that. Here's the goal. I don't want your mom or your three sisters to know that we went out and had a beer. That's the goal. And so just some of those rites of That's passage. Like just act normal. Just act normal. Son. And as a, as, a, as a third grader, that was really challenging. No. <laughs> especially because you just had that fire lesson you know that, that's... <laughs> don't breathe on the fire yeah exactly <laughs> oh man no that's it's... good that's good stuff and you know that, that i think um yeah i mean the 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 realness of that um um is, is so important and just just I, those are the kinds of lessons we all know you know we really appreciate uh, along the way um, Michael, can I interrupt you just for a second? Go for it. Uh, I just interrupt you. I know. Sorry. Um, <laughs> could I just implore those that are uh, listening and watching, whether you're a pastor or not, if you have to go run an errand, why don't you just take your children with you? I was going to bring that up. Right. Yeah. Today yeah. I went to a funeral. Parents don't bring children to funerals anymore. That's one of the most important things you could ever do is to bring your children to a funeral. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you can read Song of, you can read Solomon regarding that in Ecclesiastes. Yes. Yes. And you're going to go to a wedding. You're going to go visit someone. Uh, I took Luke to ministry opportunities where I preach places here locally and overseas and take the kids with me every single time I travel. I'd say to myself, I could bring my wife. I could bring a child. They're probably going to give me an honorarium. So I'll use that honorarium to fly one of the kids. Just have your kids with you all the time. Yeah. We're busy. And so I have to go to the funeral. So let's bring the children along. And then you're talking in the car. You're talking on the way back. So just bring your children along with you when you go do your ministry things. Mm. Uh, and I think that will benefit a lot. Yeah. Amen. Mm. I think that's huge. Absolutely huge. So some great lessons. Anything you guys want to throw in before we close up? Oh, maybe just, uh, you know, regrets and lessons. <clears throat> There's uh, At the end of David's life, he said, your gentleness made me great. And mm. I think that's probably one of the most powerful verses, you know, that's impacted me. And as I look over my own parenting, <clears throat> I wish I'd been gentler, you know. Right, just... right. Yeah, amen. That's huge. That's huge. I think <laughs> I probably would have, I think if I could go back, I, I probably would have said, and I think I said it plenty, but I probably would have said it more to Luke and his sisters. You know what? Here's how dad was thinking. It's not right. Dad just said this or did that. And they probably didn't even really notice it as sin, but I know it was sin. And so would you please forgive me? I think I probably would ask for forgiveness more. Yes. Mm. Yes. Amen. Also, mm. fantastic. Andre, you were going to say something? Uh, no, I, I just think... I, I, I think it's been a lot of great stuff, and yes, um, I, I think that also you know I've got I've got I know someone who uh, became a Christian later and had raised their kids on an anti-Christian ideology. Wow! And uh, and are now sort of coming to grips with you know their kids doing exactly what they taught them to do, which right. is to hate Christianity. Right. 
and coming to grips with that. And I think there's hope in the gospel, not only in terms of not only in terms of forgiveness of sins for the individual, but also in terms of how the gospel is going to wipe away the pain caused by the hurts of bad parents. You know, so I think it's that it's that corporate effect of the gospel that actually is he's wiping away every tear from our our eyes. You know, the former things have passed away. That hope of a of a world without the pain caused by bad parents. Because, I mean, um, my my kids are like the only Christians in their classes. Um, and they are probably close to, they don't, I mean, there might be one or two others, but they are close to the only kids in their classes who have both parents. Yeah. You know, so, yeah. so they, are, it is a world that is being, that is suffering from, uh, from, uh, you know, parenting stuff ups basically. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think that the gospel provides hope for that, for a world yeah. that's, that's reeling in that as well, as well as for the, for the, the father or, or the mother yes. who is aware of their, their guilt and how they've messed it up and how they were too harsh or maybe didn't make it fun and were too strict or whatever. I, I had this thing where <laughs> I had this thing where I tried to do the catechism with my kids. And so to motivate them, I offered them a reward. I said, look, if we if we get this done, if we memorize this, I'm gonna buy you a prezi. You know, yeah. it's present time, you know. Yeah. But they were so competitive, they turned on each other. They just started <laughs> They just they just started doing anything they could to get up on each other so they could be the one like I don't know why they turned it into this competition and then I tried to like change it so I'm like no no guys you have to work together as a team and then when you've all done it you all get a present and they're like oh no sounds so, so stupid we're never gonna get it done bro and so I'm like, the whole thing was just an epic fail so we don't get anywhere near catechisms anymore like. They loved it. They loved it, but they ruined it. They're just too competitive. So I just totally yeah. underestimated it. So there you go. So that's that's one mistake. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the story of our family, anyways. I mean, we don't have to I don't I know we're trying to end things, but no, my yeah. mom lost both of her parents before she was, I think, three or four. Um she didn't grow she grew up without parents. Uh my dad's dad, you know, never told them I love you, you know, all of these things the Lord has turned, I mean, obviously later into something good, even, yes. even into other parents who say, I don't want to do this. So yeah. Yeah. I think that there's already a story of, of redemption there in our family. Totally. Um, this is the first generation that this is happening. Right. Yeah. Right. So, it's coming out of that brokenness. Yes. That, that's, yeah. uh, that's a great place for us to end. Uh, you know, I really want people listening to this go, okay, cool. This is an opportunity. Th these are some prompts, do better, change things, whatever, but do it in the gospel. And, you know, if you're listening to this as a Christian, uh, make sure you remember that, 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 you know, God works in brokenness. He will work in your brokenness and no matter where you are and how broken it is, that's, that, that's not your cause for concern. You just surrender that, give that to Jesus and you just, make the changes and trust in him. And, you know, it's, that's what happens. That's what this whole story of redemption is about. So it's painful. Yes. He'll wipe out our, our pain away, our tears away at the end, but let's just like try and gather what we can and make the changes where we can and, and just be encouraged by this. Uh, there's more to talk about. Obviously this is a big subject, but thanks guys. Appreciate the the time mm -hmm. and uh, really, really encouraging. So hopefully uh, anyone listening to this would go check out some of Mike's books, no compromise radio, uh, and uh, and then we'll just get Luke back to his normal seminary life, so he can start bunking Horton's classes. Which yes. uh, you know, I mean, that's I don't want to get into trouble with Horton. You know, you might be okay with it, but I, I don't want to be the. No one guy. wants beef with Horton. No, exactly. All right, <laughs> we'll drop it there.
Well, hopefully you were enjoying the podcast today, Two Age Sojourner Part 2, with myself and my son, Luke Abendroth, and the host, Michael, Andre, and Nick. And if you want to write me, you can. Info at nocompromiseradio.com. Don't forget Discovering Colossians, Discovering Romans, Gospel Assurance, Sexual Fidelity. They can all be found on Amazon and other places. Thanks for listening. It's Mike Abendroth. 